Hello and welcome to World Chop, the podcast where we talk about stories and world building. I'm Jordan. I'm Cody. Why do you give me that look, dude? I did fine. It's, you, you've never... Like, look, you, I don't... You say that I never, but I have done it for over 150 episodes. And it's bad time. every time, somehow. It's bad every time. Okay, anyways, I disagree with you. How have you been, Cody? It's been a while. Um. Well, I'm sick right now. So yeah, if I, I tell, sound... Yeah, I because you have a cough drop, I think, in your mouth, and you do the sound yeah. directly into the mic, and I'm fine with it because I edited it out, but it still kills me having to listen to it. <laughs> and also, if my voice cracks like I'm a pubescent boy... It's because that would are. be why. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's, the, it's, the, it's the cough medicine. And I'm just mid puberty right now. Yeah, yeah. 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 Third puberty is a thing. Um, Fourth, fifth, was, and sixth as well. I, I, what was second puberty? Why'd you jump to third? Oh, because second puberty is like a thing, like a term that people use. Yeah. For what? It's like in your 20s. Yeah. Oh, I'm just going to get angry, aren't I? Let's not. Yeah. That's, that's, that's why we're not. That's why I literally just. Skips past it because I knew you were going to immediately have an issue with what I'm saying. As yeah, I was, I'm keep, just going to get disgusted. Aren't keep I? making mouth noises directly into the mic. Anyway, look, that's that's the that's the cost for doing business here. Yeah, I was on the phone a lot today, and I'm sitting there on the phone like, "Hi, how are you? Uh, 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 how are how are you today?" I hope you didn't make the noise uh, uh, to the people you were talking to because that's oh I was cool, I'm like I'm sick and they're calling me so they get to deal with the real me you know man people who deal with the real me they don't know what they got themselves into anyways Cody what have you been up to recently we're Mike gonna have to do a bonus episode because I got a lot <laughs> man it's been like a month since we've talked about this I don't even know what to start with um yeah. oh well here's the big one I started playing Elden Ring again. Oh, oh, I love cool. that game so much. Yeah, it's a it's great so game. fun. It's really, really, it. really good. Oh, have you not played it at all? Well, no, I played it, but I haven't touched it since um, I played Horizon, which was like six months ago. Yeah, I was playing it for a while and I stopped and I thought I was almost done with the game. No. Nope. Not no, even close. You, I could tell you that you weren't even close. <laughs> but I wasn't even a third done. I, yeah, I have so I know. much more to do. <laughs> I know because I remember around whereabouts you told me you were playing at and i'm like you weren't even remotely close to beating the game um i uh i uh i beat uh caleb though that's yeah. like i think probably the latest big thing that i did and uh so with the festival i was like trying to beat that by myself yeah, like no, no su summons at all and no, then no, i like was reading and I was reading online, like, you can summon, like, 50 people. And I'm like, I just summoned everyone all the time. Yeah, you just, yeah, you just go in. Everybody. Start, like, Let's go, bros. And then, like, have the whole army after you. And they take I had hits. him down. I had him down three quarters of his health bar gone by myself. Just yeah. on horse with rock sling and good timing. And I was like, you know what? I could get this alone. But instead, I'm summoning everybody, and then I beat I mean, it it's that kind time. Of a cool, it's kind of a cool moment when you just have, like, a whole it army, is. Like, chasing It is. It's him. fun when it's, like, 15 guys all running towards them, and I'm just standing there on my horse, like, rocks, 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 rocks. Yeah, I only know one move, and it's throw rocks at people. <laughs> it really, it's a lot it's of what effective. I do. It does rock a ton throw. of damage and also staggers. It's a great, great it move. It also, it fires delayed enough that if you cast and the enemy auto-dodges they dodge and then get hit <laughs> yeah that's great um in terms though of like things that matter that i have been into recently i i've watched some i think some pretty good movies recently what, what namely um the banshees of inishirin what the um, frick is that? 
Have oh, you is seen... that the one with um, Colin Farrell and um, yeah, um, say, same guy from In Bruges? Yeah, yeah. Where he's just like a very good movie. I just don't want to be your friend no more. I just I find you boring, and then everything is horrible. Yeah, I I like that idea when it was the, them as two hitmen though. <laughs> Well, it was a slightly that's what different. What was about was was them as two hitmen. Like, hey, you kind of suck. <laughs> well, which those actors are, I do really like Colin Farrell. Unless he's a bad dude, then I don't like him. But I think he's fine. I think that's up in the air. I don't know. Uh, I cannot keep track sometimes. Anyways, he and I, so I'm just not gonna try. Uh, and then I also watched Amsterdam right next to that. Which one is Amsterdam? Uh, it's got. Oh, what are their names? Hang on. You know, how is it? I just look this up myself. I can't even. Yeah. 2022. What is Amsterdam? It's got Margot Robbie, Christian Bale, Taylor Swift, Anya Taylor-Joy, John David Washington, Remy Malek. I have no clue what this movie is. (laughs) Well, it was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Um, Doesn't tell me what that movie is. (laughs) It's about, um, like, this group of people that became friends in World War I having a spy mystery happen so they're all not all of them but sort of they're all like world war one veterans that have come back to the states and you know like live a life um it's pretty humorous um it is a lot about punching nazis which you know i'm never yeah i'm never gonna sit here and be like oh no a movie about hurting nazis it's the worst like no i mean i'm into that so fine um, yeah, no, it's, it's great. You gotta, you gotta punch Nazis, dude. It is hilarious. It's sort of like when I watched The Green Knight and The Northman back to back. Watching these two movies back to back are worlds different. Yeah, um, like the Banshees of Inisherin really kind of asks the question: Is does it? Is there a point in being kind to anybody? No. Um, I will say the Banshees of Inisherin has some of my favorite quotes so um what's his name gosh dang it this is so sad to watch happen huh just just like croaky voices like ah what's his name and then you take like five minutes to look it up this is so painful i just want to get his name right brendan gleason yeah brendan gleason is talking Dom to gleason's dad is he i think so i'm Who pretty is sure that? um isn't Dom hall gleason um general hooks oh whoa really that's hilarious yep yep that's exactly who that is wow (laughs) i did they do not look even kind of similar he looks like a walking skeleton and his dad looks like a human sausage (laughs) jeez yeah 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 they they are absolutely related (laughs) i i I always forget that until i hear the last name it's like oh yeah (laughs) it's like those guys are related huh um so Brendan Gleeson is in confe- is in a confessional talking to a priest and he's like saying all this stuff and the priest is like, is that it? And Brendan Gleeson's like, yeah. And he goes, you don't feel like you should confess for slapping a cop in the face? And he goes, father, if slapping cops is a sin before God, we should just call the whole thing off. <laughs> you know what? It's, it's like worth it. noting in the, in the show, the cop is like a creep. He's Good. he's like the biggest dirtbag ever. <laughs> Wait, just... a cop being a dirtbag? What? Unheard of. Well, and he's like they're on this tiny little island and he is like I am the law and no one takes him seriously, you know, and like 
he's harassing someone and Brendan Meaty just or Brendan Gleason just comes up and slaps him and just lays him out. <laughs> goes to confession and they're like, fun. Do you feel like you should confess for punching that guy? And he's like, No. Nah, dude. <laughs> no, that I'm, one was cool. I'm good. I'm perfectly okay with that. Oh man. Yeah, that both of those movies I found very enjoyable to watch, but in terms of tone and messaging, it's like Amsterdam is the power of friendship, right? Like that's and and that that okay, can anime. yeah. Well, that's not you know whatever, and that that can transcend any bounds, right? So the story focuses on um, a military unit that were all um, um, like black soldiers. And they can't get an officer to work for them, right? So, or mm-hmm. work with this unit of soldiers. Um, so, um, Christian Bale is like this outcast whose family like kind of forces him to join the military to try to get rid of him, and is a lieutenant. And they're like, uh, "Will you take over this unit because no one else can do it?" And he's like, "Sure." And they all become friends. Um, So, like, the backdrop is very much about, like, wounded and minority veterans in America and, like, the struggle of being them while Nazis are trying to take over the United States. Um, And that's kind of, like, what the plot is. It's, like, this band of wounded veterans trying to stop Nazis from taking over America. Um, Sounds like this is a story that could happen, like, right now. A band of people trying to stop Nazis from taking over the United States. Interesting. It is also a true story, sort of. It's like, that was a conspiracy that almost happened. Like, there was, like, a a Marine general that, like, was offered money to basically be like, hey, do you want to get a bunch of veterans to start a Nazi party in the States? So, that was a real thing. Yes, literally something that's happening in America right now. Nazis are somehow coming back for it. No reason. Stay out. I don't think they ever left as much as people. Yeah. Oh, no, yes. Did, okay. Yeah. Yes. That is the thing. They just never left. Yes. But still, like very much the power of friendship. It's all these friends working together to do something good. And then Banshees of Inisherin is like, what if none of it matters? Like, yeah. uh, maybe we should just. It is very much like that thing where he's in confession. He's like, maybe we should just call the whole thing off. <laughs> well, that's, that's that's good. Is there anything else, bud? Um. I, I read a book that reminded me of the show The Venture Brothers, and I love the show The Venture Brothers, and what I tried to book? get my friend. Uh, it's called uh, Hench. It's about henchmen, which Venture oh, yeah, Brothers is kind this, of yeah. about henchmen, so it just made me want to watch The Venture Brothers again, and I'm sad that no one cares about The Venture Brothers as much as I do. Yeah, unfortunately, that's not a thing people care about. The problem is, like, I think in Venture Brother gifts that don't exist, like... There's one where a old superhero screams, Wonder Boy! No, that's not a gif I can find, but that I Ignore think me. that. I think, yes, also that. Ignore me! Ignore <laughs> me! Yeah, I, I texted that to one of your friends the other day when I was asking about stuff I should bring to a New Year's party. Just, I was like, yeah, never mind. Ignore me! <laughs> I, think you, I think you can say Diana. She's been on the show. No, it was Kelsey. Oh, yeah, oh. she's also been on the show. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> I think you can call Kelsey your friend, too. I don't think you have to, like, caveat this as my friend. I was just not trying to, like, blow up her spot and say her name on a show that, like, she doesn't, like, other than the one episode doesn't really, like, pop in on. <laughs> but anyway, going to blow up Kelsey's spot. Sometimes Kelsey says really hilarious and embarrassing things. 
yeah, should sure. ask her some of her best of stories. I I have heard some of like her greatest stories, and they're very good. Um. Anyways, Pretty Cody, good. is that is that all? Can can I now move to talk about the fifty million things I actually did, which is abnormal for me? Sure. Yeah, we can move on. Yeah. Why? Why you look very upset that I that I was moving? I'm on. very egocentric, so I don't like it when you talk. And I legitimately hate you. I like legitimately hate you. Um. Okay. So we'll start all the way back at the beginning of. Wait. The can break. I pause real quick? I just want you to know the reason I am the way that I am to you is because I feel like you have too many friends that support your independence. I and don't autonomy. though. I literally don't. <laughs> I. I I don't care. I don't care about you. What I'm saying is, like, I don't I care about be, you, Jenny. I want to be your Severus Snape. Like, my goal is to be your nemesis. Oh, uh, yeah, so this still be seen in a good light, even though you're a complete piece of crap to me this entire time? Yeah, that's that's fantastic. That's exactly what you are. It's just because somehow you're, you're worse. In, you're in love with my wife, somehow? Or, sorry, my mother, I guess, technically? You're was, what? Yeah. Yeah, I'm you're not in love with, love with your mom. <laughs> Yeah, well, that's what Snape was to Harry Potter, was he I, was in love I, with his mom. I, I've never met your mom. I, I don't know anything I about I really her. hope you never meet my mom, because I I'm a little bit, can that. I be honest with you? She, she can I be honest that. with you? Yes, what? Let me talk about my stuff! I'm a little bit scared to meet your mom someday, because she listens to this podcast, and I, I've, like, said some things, and I'm I a little have, bit scared to meet I her now. I feel like I've said worse things than you, on a constant basis. I'm glad you feel that way. <laughs> Uh, on a near constant i we we talked earlier before we started the show where it's like yeah i'm pretty sure every story i've ever written for this show that like i have someone die and i was like yep literally except for the um audio drama every single story i wrote someone dies in it and it's like need to need to brighten up the mood a little bit anyways the stuff that i wanted to talk about you know that thing that like barely happens in the show because you spend half of the like pre-talk talking about your own crap because you like to hear your own voice um (laughs) devasis none of that is untrue none of what i said was untrue but um yeah so let's start at the beginning of break i played bloodstained ritual of the night which is a metroidvania oh (laughs) yeah it was it was it was fun and never beat the final boss because um, it's one of those things was like, oh, yeah, every boss, like every time you get hit by anything, no matter how high your armor is, it's going to do like um, a tenth of your health. And it's like, great, ten times that I'm dead. And like the only way to stop that is through healing potions because there's no way to self-heal other than blood drain. And I'm not going to spend all my time freaking um, grinding for blood drain. We're not doing that. But yeah, I really liked the game. It was fun to get back into like another Metrovania, kind of explore, run around, fight cool bosses, cool enemies. It was cool, but too much damage. And also the story was just like, hey, I really don't care. I just like want to see some cool bosses. Um, so Bloodstain was first. Um, then I watched, I think I talked about Bullet Train last time, maybe. It's been a while since we recorded uh-uh. Bullet Train. Bullet Train was good. I thought it was a really fun movie. A lot of fun cameos, a lot of fun characters in it. It was definitely so. The two movies that I really focused on during this break was Bullet Train and Glass Onion, the um, sequel to Knives Out. Glass Onion. I haven't was seen fine. it yet. Oh, okay, I'm not gonna say anything about it. I just it was. Oh no, I'm not actually curious. Okay, that's what I was gonna ask you because I've heard like mixed reviews, and I was like, I was I, just really excited this for isn't Glass Onion. Super a spoiler, but I think they spend too much time like being pedantic and making jokes about celebrities than actually like forming a good story. I could see that. I can yeah. see that. But but I enjoy, I mean look, 
it was fine, but I still had a lot of fun watching it. But Bullet Train, I thought was like legitimately good, even though it's it's one of those things where you watch like, okay, this is kind of ridiculous, but it was just a lot of fun. It was just a lot of fun to sit down and watch this crazy story unfold. And yeah, just I have no Hang no on. real complaints about it. We need to talk about something real quick. Bloodstain Ritual of the Night is the game you're talking about. Yep. What about Bloodstain? Is this just a cat with horns glued on its head? Am I looking at a yes, cat with the, horns glued yeah, on its head? One of the enemies is just a cat with horns. Like very like almost photorealistic cat with horns. <laughs> it looks like it's in it looks like it's photoshopped in, Jordan. Yeah, yeah, that is one of the enemies is just and there's also a dog with horns as well. Yes. <laughs> just like that's very weird jordan so, jordan that's very weird it's fine cody it's a metroidvania you're allowed to do weird stuff with well um, metroidvanias are frequently weird horny so you know do you say weird horny you yes found the, you found the cat with horns on its head horny you, that made you horny cody? no i'm just flipping through more pictures in oh okay <laughs> yeah horny. you should probably say that first because that was like a very disturbing like exchange where he's like oh yeah this game's weird horny. this cat with horns on its head it's like you that makes you that makes you we, horny cody we talked about this recently i think no, you labor under the delusion that i'm trying to like make the audience like me <laughs> No, well, they d- hey Cody, they don't. <laughs> Anyways, so <laughs> like, jokes on you. They don't. But um, I can I can live with that in my own heart. I can be okay with that. Um, and then I watched um the anime Lupin the Third, the woman called Fujiko Mine, which is I've you, thought about watching Lupin, that right? before. Was, yeah, but no. Lupin the the Lupin the Third is like. So I think the first issue of it was released in like 1967. And so it's like extremely long running anime, but like it's done. So it was on Toonami, well, Adult Swim Toonami back in, I think, like 2003 or so. And I watched it around then. And so that that was um, that was the part two of Lupin the Third. Um, where it was about um, 150 episodes, but it was done more so like a Monster of the Weeks type thing. So you could like pop in any time you wanted to kind of like follow like certain story arcs. It was done like very Marvel Comics, like where there's like a lot of different things happening. But Lupin the Third follows um, this like pretty much this thief and like his compatriots as they go on these different missions and stuff like trying to steal things but the specifically the anime i watched um the woman called fujike fujiko mine was about um like the film like it was from the point of view and like about the film fatale of this uh the group of characters and following her story and if you look up look up some art from this like i thought the art was really cool and like the story was really well done and just like kept going to places where i wasn't expecting and i thought that was really cool like it still did kind of the fun like monster of the week where like the first like half of the episodes were following like different plots every episode but like there was an overarching plot and i I just thought it was like really fun really interesting the art was great um yeah and it was just good to like dive dive back into an anime that like i watched like what 20 years ago at this point i've like seen her in other yeah. things like that image of who she is that's interesting yeah yeah so yeah it was, it, was, it was great to watch that um other than that chainsaw man series sorry season finale ended i enjoyed the show quite a bit there's like a small group of people who 
didn't like the adaptation and are trying to get a petition filled out so that they will do it again, which doesn't work. They tried that with Game of Thrones and had way more people sign that petition than the 2,000 people who signed the Chainsaw Man petition, while the other like 90% of people who watched it thought it was great. So it's like, okay, guys, nerds are, nerds are dumb and bad. Yeah, um, yeah, I was going to say. Almost, almost always dumb and bad. Um, I'm going to try to wrap this up quickly, but yeah, started playing Control again. Already upset. <laughs> what, what game was that again? Um, it's the kind of, like, you are investigating, like, this, like, secret government organization. Yeah, yeah, thing, yeah. Um, done by the same people who did Alan Wake and Quantum Break. Oh, see, I've never played either of those. I've never played Alan Wake. I liked Alan Wake, but this game kind of frustrates me because it was, like, I complained about this, like, way back when I started playing the first time. Where, like, I like it, I like the aesthetic, I like the story they're starting to weave. But one, no mini-map, which is kind of annoying because it's a very confusing building. And two, the other thing that they do that annoys me is that, like, the enemy's both way too aggressive, way too much damage, and no difficulty slider. And I am even doing it with a um, health regen mod, and it's still pretty hard. And it's like, this game isn't supposed to be hard <laughs> it's not supposed to be hard game they're just like it's not like dark souls hard where it's like when you die a lot in dark souls usually it's your fault like, like yeah there are the things where it's like okay i shouldn't have tried to take that extra hit at that balls or i shouldn't have tried to face sure. four guys at the same time that's why i died but this isn't like that it's just like why did one hit take half of my health away and it's just like, and why is like now this guy has a regenerating shield and I just blasted him for five minutes and haven't been able to take down the shield because he hits me and I have to hide and wait for my health to regen, which again, health regen mod. So uh, that shouldn't be an issue, but somehow it still is. And so yeah, controls just kind of annoying me because I really want to play this game, but it's annoying hard, not like actual good difficulty. And also no difficulty slider. Again, no difficulty slider. <laughs> yeah, that's a tricky one. I've argued against the difficulty slider so a few I've times. Lied, like I'm like I and it's I think there is a point of it where it's like okay, well the game is specifically designed to be difficult and it's about learning the mechanics of the game. Like Dark Souls is story heavy, but it's not you're not constantly following through a story. So like Right. You're seen, not watching a movie. You're Yeah. But absorbing this is designed to be like absorbing instead of absorbing a story. And the fact that some of these things keep happening makes it so that I can't really do that. And I don't want to do that because I do not have that much time as an adult to sit down and play video games. And it's just like when I do, I want to be able to run like run train on a story. And I can't. <laughs> you want to run train on a story, Jordan? Yeah, Cody. Yeah, that's that's what I want. Um, so I got a bunch more stuff I could talk about. We'll do that next time we record in like two weeks. I hope when your mom watches this, she calls watches you and goes, this. Jordan listens, whatever. She calls you and goes, Jordan, what does it mean to run train? Why did Cody stop the podcast to, hey, to Cody, question you know that he, he, phrasing? First of all, it can mean whatever I want it to be. Second of all, you know, I could just no. easily cut you out. Third, it doesn't matter because she doesn't listen to us often. So it's fine. I need to start sending her also, a list why of would like. Why would she listen to this episode that's, like, close to the end of my story? Though, the really funny story about that, actually. She texted me a while back that she had listened to an episode. And, like, I go and I look at what episode she listened to. It's, like, one of the episodes, like, in the middle of our story, like, story series. And I was just like, 
you had to have no clue what was happening. She's like, yeah, but I thought it was really fun to listen to. It's like, why would you listen to this in the middle of the story series? Like, I even tell, like, in the notes most times, I tell, like, where to go back to catch the beginning of it. And she's like, no, I just wanted to listen to one. I'm like, okay. (laughs) It's like, that's not what you're supposed to do, but fine. It's fine. It's It's all okay. But anyways, Cody, we're back to doing stories. You want to roll for initiative? I forgot we did that. Let me find a D20. How do you forget the thing that we've been doing since pretty much since we haven't recorded in like a month? Yeah, but we've also been doing it for what four years now. Also, technically, Cody, we need to do something special because we are coming up on the five-year anniversary of our first episode. So we should probably do something fun and special. We should look up what a five-year anniversary is supposed to be. When our five-year anniversary is supposed to be? No, 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 no. Oh. There's, like, different gifts you're supposed to do on each anniversary. Oh, you're talking about for relationships. Silver or tableware. We should do a, a silver world or a table world. I was thinking we could just, like, redo the first episode again and just, like, try to make a, a post-apocalyptic world off the top of our heads. No, I think we need to make a world based on the phrase, I am the table. <laughs> oh you mean metallica's lulu yeah no yeah i don't even know which song that is but that song makes me very mad i am I the table either. i am the table anyways i'm rolling for initiative i got a I okay cool 17 i rolled a 12 ah frick i didn't even want to go first today but also how could he beat a 17 <laughs> an 18 and 19 or a 20 okay shut up um so if you have been listening you don't really need to hear what has been happening in my story but for cody what happened last time is oh do you oh cody you remember what happened please tell me since he gave me a face please tell me what happened last time in my well, story okay so last time was when they've gotten back to the hospital oh, right wow. I'm and, and it was like Mostly it was, like, long character conversations with, like, that girl that, was it a girl, like, a girl that had gotten hurt, like a teenager? Yes. yes. Yeah. Jane. That's what I'm I remember. actually legitimately surprised that you remembered that. What the frick did you think I was going to say? Like, I think that's when they bought the motorcycles and uh, you, went to space. Cody, the thing is, you've done that before. You've, like, completely botched the retelling. So, don't be surprised that I'm surprised. There's no evidence of that. People there are going to correct it's, you. It's not like you're I be have like, recorded you're so every mean conversation Cody. we've had for the last five years. <laughs> every, all of our fans are going to be like, you're so mean to Cody. He's never well, you mean all my wrong. friends? Yeah. I said our fans. If yes, your my friends, friends are most yeah, of my fans. Jordan, let me explain the difference between me and you. And a couple of dudes in Australia. <laughs> you have friends. I have fans. Because I inspire fanaticism. You, you are such a narcissist, dude. You know, you, you know what you the are, biggest social this evil is why that you exists actually is? understand Alex Jones because you're both nah, raging narcissists. Let me let me explain something to you. It's society that has decided that me being a narcissist is a problem. I don't have to dislike that about myself. Okay, this is um the continuation of chapter twenty one, the man on fire. I mean, it hurts to be alive, but you don't hear me complaining about it every day. I don't. I don't want to be. I don't want to be a butt. But you do. I think complain about your life every time we talk. Anyways, <laughs> anyways. Okay, move, cat. It's time to read the story. All right, this is chapter twenty-one. The man on fire. I wheeled Nate back to the front lobby with Jane following close behind. They continued to talk through the reanima operation. I checked them out at the front desk and headed to my car. My car will be more than enough for the three of us this time. 
As we went out to the parking lot, Nate's energy began to drop exponentially to the point where they sounded like they were going to fall asleep sitting up. Getting Nate into the car was a struggle. Jane supported their legs while I supported their shoulders. After what seemed like 10 minutes, we finally got Nate into the car and secured down with seatbelts. When we were ready to be on our way, I let Jane put her address into my phone's GPS to help guide us. Her home wasn't too far from where we were headed. Still, I would have to drive back and forth through town to get back to my own place. Once we had started driving, Nate was lying quietly in the back with their eyes closed. That was a normal Never mind. that I botched. What? I was about to say, now kiss, and then I was like, Nate's asleep. Never mind. I didn't know yeah, that when I started. <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We Look, consent is a thing. Consent is key. <laughs> Wake Nate up. I ne- now I, ne- I, I never thought I would have to sit here during one of my stories and be like, hey, Cody, we have to talk about consent. Consent is always key. You must always have consent. Anyways, I hope they were able to sleep comfortably through the pain. Hey, thanks again for the ride. I know it's been busy it's been a busy weekend. Thanks for going out of your way for me, Jane said sincerely. Bye, Cody. Just walked away in the middle of the show. See you, dude. <laughs> Wireless headphones. I, I can hear you. I understand that, but you just like turned around and just left. Wireless headphones. I, I can I hear you. I, I, I understand. I'm sorry. Hey, so I'm just botching this so bad because I didn't want to read first. Anywho. Hey, thanks again for the ride. I know it's been a busy weekend. Thanks for going out of your way for me, Jane said sincerely. No worries. It's all part of the job. Most days are busy. I didn't want you to have to stay another night in the hospital when you didn't have to. I said, I've always hated hospitals. They can be miserable places. You should avoid them when you can. Jane laughed. Don't worry. I don't plan on going back anytime soon. Good. It's probably going to happen to me from time to time through this job, but at least you can stay safe. I said back. So, um... How do you even get into this job? Seems like an insane thing to just start working as a supernatural detective, Jane said curiously. Supernatural detective was not entirely correct. We were more like if the Scooby-Doo gang worked for the men in black. Less detective work and more guns. I basically ran from... What? What? <laughs> Scooby-Doo. That's Scooby-Doo with guns? <laughs> Less detectives, more guns. I mean, that's exactly what it was. Hashtag Scooby-Doo. I said it was like Scooby-Doo mixed with the men in black. It wasn't just saying that Scooby-Doo had guns. What are you talking about? I just like this idea of Scooby-Doo being like, (laughs) let's go. I I like the idea with the dog. It just has a freaking shotgun. It's like, whoa. Whoa, Raggy. Anyways. I basically ran from home after I graduated high school. I came back here to make amends with my parents, but when I got home, instead of catharsis, there was a monster waiting for me. I felt the scars left by the doppelganger start to hurt, as if my body was reacting to being dragged back into a memory I didn't quite want to relive. It wasn't Jane's fault for bringing me back there. Wow, what kind of monster did you see? Jane said with amazement. I could see how something like that could excite a kid who had always been interested in, in monsters, but to me, the doppelganger was still a point of terror. It was a monster that looked like me when I was a kid. It wore my face, sounded like me, even walked and moved like me. Then, when I pissed it off, it transformed into a ghoulish creature and attacked me. I still remember the scene exactly as it happened. That sounds terrifying. What happened after it transformed? 
Jane said, eyes widening. I took a second to breathe and think. Most days I was fine and could shut it out, but every time I was forced to think about it, it hurt like hell. Unfortunately, my parents didn't make it. Hell, I'm surprised I even made it out alive. I was barely able to fend it off. I woke up in the hospital about a month later, covered in scars from the attack. Holy crap! I'm glad you're still alive, she said genuinely. Genuinely? 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 I don't freaking know. Don't look at Do me. Do you think it's genuinely? <laughs> I don't care, Cody. I don't care. It all seems crazy to me. After going through all of that, why would you join a company that does this stuff all the time? Honestly, I wasn't planning on it. When my boss came to me with the offer, I wanted to run for the hills and never look back. Though, the day after I woke up, I saw a woman who had lost her parents too and was in as bad a shape as I was. I decided I wanted to make sure that no one else ended up like us. I know it's a dumb, lofty goal, but I believe if I keep going, I can make a difference. It all sounded stupid saying out loud, even though it was something that I wanted to hold true. Deep down, it felt bad that sometimes I forgot about Alexis. It was all because she got jumbled up in all the memories from the doppelganger incident. Truly, she was the reason I agreed to work with No Name. I wanted to try and change things for everyone facing anomalies. I think you will do it. I mean, you helped me out, so that's cool. Jane's attempt to be supportive was welcomed. Thanks, I'm going to keep on trying. There was still a hurricane swirling through my mind. I knew the only way through it all was to keep moving forward. Hey, Danny? Jane said shyly. What's up? I responded. Her quiet tone was slightly alarming. Thinking about all this and your story, I need to come clean about something, she said quietly. I... I guess I wasn't completely honest with you before. What do you mean? When we first talked, I said I had been into monsters and paranormal stuff as a kid, she said after a slight pause. Yeah, I remember. Well, that's not necessarily true. My mom used to watch old monster movies and weird horror things, so it was a natural thing to have monsters in my life. I wasn't crazy about it or anything until I saw something as a kid, Jane said slowly, as if she was contemplating every word. What did you see? I said curiously. You have to promise me you won't make fun of me or tell me that I was seeing things, she said strongly, as if she would fight me if I didn't heed her words. Are you about to say something or are you just leaning? Oh, okay, it looked like you were leaning in to say something. <laughs> I'm tired and I'm leaning on my desk. I'm, it just looked like you looked like you were gonna lean to like say something to me. I'm sorry. After everything on the job, I was willing to believe anything. Okay, okay. I promise I will listen to you and not dismiss you. I said back gently. I wanted to give this kid the space to be open. If she was anything like me growing up, she never really had the space to do that. When I was in third grade, I remember one night I woke up with a weird feeling. I don't remember what time it was, but I remember everything else as if it happened minutes ago. It was very dark out, but something told me to go look out the window. She paused and looked up, she paused and looked up at me as I was driving to see if I was paying attention. Then I saw this man walking down the street. He had a weird walk like he was injured or something. He was dragging his back foot and his shoulders were weirdly slumped. I wanted to go get my mom and see if she could help him, but before I could turn away, he burst into flames. I remember trying to scream at the shock, but like a bad nightmare, no sounds came out. 
I was terrified to see that even though the man was on fire, he kept walking with that same weird stride. I think he noticed me because he reached out to my window like he was asking for help. I can remember every detail of his face. His jaw was stretched as if he was screaming out, and his eyes were filled with pain. I was scared. I couldn't even move. When he reached the end of the street, he fell down, and the fire burned for a couple more minutes, then eventually went out, leaving nothing behind. I was frozen watching it. I couldn't bring myself to move away until after the fire died. I tried to wake up my mom and tell her what happened, but she told me I had a nightmare and to go away. Holy shit, that sounds terrifying, I said in awe. It was! The next day I went out to where he fell down. It was by my bus stop. There wasn't a trace of any of it. No ash, no scorch marks, nothing. I started to believe my mom was right and I made it all up. I told one of my only friends at the time and she looked at me like I was crazy. What made it worse was when the teachers found out what I had said, they told me not to make up stories to scare the other kids. I was ready to give up on the idea that I, that what I saw was real, but I needed to be sure, so I stayed up the next night to see if it would happen again, Jane said, making sure to tell her story carefully. And did it? I said, wanting her to continue. Absolutely it did, she said back almost cheerfully. The juxtaposition of her story and her current excitement was jarring. It played right into her current personality. Back then, she was probably scared, but now she was the girl who wanted to see the supernatural. It was the same man with the same horrifying look on his face. I knew I was right. I knew I couldn't make something like that up. My man on fire was real. When I told my mom, she dismissed me again, and the teachers threatened me with missing my recess if I kept trying to scare the other kids. It only got worse when the girl I thought was my friend told the more popular kids so they could all make fun of me together. She traded me in to be popular. I ignored it and went back home to spend another night trying to see the man on fire. He appeared every day for a week, and then he disappeared forever. I was sad when it was over, but I was excited to see what other supernatural things existed. That's when it happened. I became obsessed with the idea that those movies my mom watched were real. I tried to do my own research as much as a little third grader could. Though, because of that, the real bullying began. The other few friends I had joined in. Of course, their own bullying disappeared when they were able to find another punching bag. She, she finished up and looked back towards me again with wide eyes. You believe me, right? Of course I believe you. I just finished fighting Goo Godzilla. If I can believe that, anything is possible. You're not crazy, Jane. I reassured her. She let out a sigh of relief. Honestly, this is the first time anyone has ever actually believed what I said. It bled into everything, really. It didn't matter if any story I told was true or not. Everyone would think I was making it up. The teachers were even doing that, too. Even now, they treat me like a five-year-old with an overactive imagination. I'm not over-imaginative. I know there are other things out there like my man on fire or that monster. I want to prove that. Even back when I was in elementary school, I knew that even if I could find all of the monsters and ghosts in the world, it wouldn't matter if I didn't have proof, she said with passion. Well, sometimes seeing is believing for people, I responded. I knew too well that if I told anyone outside of no name about what happened to me, I would immediately be admitted into a mental institution. It was the same everywhere. People were more willing to believe someone was crazy rather than the idea that the supernatural could be real. 
Exactly. That's why I saved up every single penny I found and allowance that my mom gave me from that day I saw from the day I saw my man on fire. I did a newspaper route, I mowed lawns or whatever else I could do to make as much as I could. Last year I was finally able to afford this, Jane said, thrusting her camera forward. I bought this, a few other lenses, and a cool little case. It cost every penny I had. Still it was something I got all on my own. It's my one prized possession, the one thing I have that no one else can take from me. Nothing else matters to me other than this camera. I also got pretty good at photography after a bit. I wanted to use this camera to document any other supernatural occurrence I came across. Then no one will be able to tell me I'm wrong. I want to show everyone that I was right this whole time, Jane said excitedly. I let out a short laugh. I knew I needed to say something. I felt Alistair and Eli's distant judgment weighing on me. I get how you feel and definitely go for it. Though, I truly hate to deliver the hard line. You know you can't show those pictures to anyone, right? We are really going out of our way for you by letting you keep them. I know, I know. That doesn't matter too much. I know the truth now. At the very least, I can show you and Nate now that I know you guys exist. I don't feel so alone anymore, she said, smiling to herself. Even through the monster attack and the broken arm, this whole thing brought her a sense of joy. Maybe one day I'll get to show the world, but for now I promise to keep things between me and you guys. Thanks, I know I can count on you. She reminded me of myself when I was younger. Seeing someone else struggle with bullying like that made my heart sink. I wish there was a way to change things, make sure no one else had to deal with it. But unfortunately, that's how things were in high school. Kids were vicious for no particular reason. They tore each other down without a second thought. Hey, I continued after a long pause. I was bullied when I was in school too. Kids suck. A lot. What they say and how they treat you isn't a reflection of you. What you like is up to you and you alone. And they can't tell you differently. If hunting monsters and photography are what you like, then do it to the best of your ability. Ignoring others is easier said than done. But remember, in the long run, nothing they say matters. You know the truth, you like what you do, and really that's, that's, what, that's what is important. I truly wish that I had someone to look out for me when I was a kid. My brother more or less let things happen, and my parents were too busy trying to mold me into what they wanted, so they didn't really have room to care. I wish there was someone out there looking out for me. Jane was young enough to be my little sister. I wanted to take the moment to give her brotherly advice, advice I wish was there when I was her age. Maybe I wouldn't have grown up to worry so much about what others thought about me. Thanks, Danny. No one has ever been this nice to me. It's really cool, Jane said with a smile. Oh, hey, that's it up ahead. The GPS directed me to turn near an old apartment complex. It wasn't necessarily run down, but it could use some work. There were three long two-story buildings that ran parallel to the main road. It looked more like a motel than an apartment complex. The buildings were boxy and separated by each apartment. The upper floors and balconies, sorry, the upper floors had balconies and the lower floors had dingy patios, surrounded by what looked like dry, water-hungry grass. It was a small place, but Jane didn't seem to mind. To her, this was home. She sat up straight and began to gather her stuff up as I pulled in front of what's, what the GPS told me was her building. Hey, I said as she was gathering her stuff. I grabbed a loose piece of paper and a random pen and began to scribble on it. 
I know you're not going to give up your journey to find more anomalies. If you ever find one or need any help, just call or text me, okay? I said, handing Jane the piece of paper with my number scribbled on it. Really? Awesome, thanks! It's like I have the number to the president. I promise I won't bother you too much. Jane opened the door and got out of my car. Seriously, thanks for everything and hope you and your partner feel better. Bye, Danny! With that, she closed my door and ran off to her building. I waited in my car to make sure she got into the apartment okay. Don't get too attached. Nate's voice suddenly came quiet and stern from the back seat. The sudden break in silence of the night caused me to jump a little. I looked in the rearview mirror to see Nate wide awake staring back at me through the mirror with a cold expression on their face. Their dull blue-gray eyes cut through me. I thought you were sleeping, I said trying to ease into the conversation. I got maybe five minutes, then I woke back up, heard most of your conversation. I'll say it again. Don't get too attached. What do you mean? I was being friendly, I said back carefully. I could feel Nate's anger from the back seat, but I didn't know what had them so tense. You can be friendly, but she doesn't need to be dragged into all of this, they said. I'm not trying to drag her into this world of ours, but she kind of wants to be in it, I said, back scrambling to defend myself. She doesn't need to be. Look at what these anomalies do to us. They break us down over time. You broke your arm and I almost got eaten. This isn't a normal life that anyone should live. I know she wants a deeper look at this world, but if, but if it's at all possible, I would like to keep her out of it. I could see where Nate was coming from. The job almost killed the two of us. We were going to keep seeing jobs like this again and again. Even though it was fun and exciting to Jane, that didn't mean this job wasn't extremely dangerous. I know. If this is the road she wants to go down, I'll make sure she doesn't go too far, I said back sincerely. Like you said with me, I'll make sure nothing bad happens to her. Nate let out a sigh, and their cold expression dulled back to a soft but tired look. I'm sorry to come at you like this, but that whole time I was wondering to myself, what would my life look like if I never joined No Name? Maybe I wouldn't be laying in pain in your back seat, feeling like my sides are being squeezed in a vice grip. I don't want her to end up like this. I don't want her to end up like us. Struggling to survive because she chose to take a step down this path. I guess... I guess I'm feeling the weight of all this right now. Maybe we are stuck in this life. I get you. I feel the same way all the time. I don't really know what to do other than keep going. I know. I wish there was a way to keep her safe, but I feel like with this new development in her life, there is no keeping her away. Be careful and make sure that kid stays safe. That's all I ask. We probably won't run into her again, but still, be careful. I put the car in drive and began heading towards Nate's apartment. If Jane was going to be a regular in our lives, I didn't know what to do. I understood Nate's sentiment, though. I didn't want anyone else to get hurt. We barely let Stan in and he was killed. I didn't want Jane to I didn't want Jane to end up the same way. I understand. I don't think we will have too much to worry about, other than a kid fighting her own curiosity. When I said that, Nate leaned back in their seat and closed their eyes again. I'm probably overthinking it all. We'll see where it goes. For now, I think both of us deserve a long break. And that's the end of my chapter. Sorry I botched the reading of that really bad the entire time. <laughs> it's okay. I'm gonna sound pretty rough on. Yeah, mine. this is gonna be a, this is gonna be a rough sounding thing. I haven't read this in a while because yeah, 
<laughs> yeah, let me tell you something. Boy, this is going to be hard for me to read. I can't um, wait. <laughs> I don't know how you wrote your story like months ago and are now reading it. Because I wrote my chapter three weeks ago and I was rereading it. And I'm like, I don't remember writing any of this. Yeah, it's dude. gone. It, it's <clears> it's, <throat> it's that I have to like reread it before like doing the show. Like I'll read through it and then like most times now because I live a bit live a little bit further away from work now i don't have a, enough time to read it before we do the show on thursdays but i used to like read the whole thing before the show um so that's kind of why i'm a little bit rougher on some of these chapters and i know for a fact that i was reading way too fast part of me wants to kind of re-record that and just splice it in but i'm like yeah you, you guys could have like a rough reading of it it's fine you gotta be this real rough draft. you gotta be real but that is the um, penultimate chapter. Next week is the final chapter of my story. Nice use of yeah, the so word penultimate. After two years of doing this story on a, on this show, I will finally be ending it all. <laughs> and then I have short stories. No, ending the story, not my life. <laughs> Cody, Cody gave me like, I was like, oh my God, look. No, no, the story. I'm ending the story, Cody. But yeah, no, I, I, I really just like... I love this story. I love that I wrote it. I'm going to write a sequel to it, all of that. But I really just want this to be over because I've been doing the same story for two years, Cody. Two full years. It yeah. needs to die. If we hit April without me finishing it, that's going to be literally two full years. <laughs> Anyways, Cody, please. Like, just next week. Well, sorry. Week after next, because I'm traveling for work. But next time we do this show, no matter what happens, I need to freaking finish that story. <laughs> <laughs> i'm close i'm close too okay i need to find my story again yeah and take your time buddy it's not like you had literally 25 minutes to do so yeah that's a fair point i can't really argue with you on that one. Oh, i'm <laughs> yes. very quiet yeah it's not like you were sitting there for 25 minutes while i did my own stuff <laughs> you could have just pulled your story up the entire time but it's fine, I, it's fine. i'm going to apologize for weird i'm sick audio it's a thing it's fine Sorry, we're getting another cough drop. Yeah. You're lucky I'm not making I'm just, you take a break for me to make a cappuccino. I mean, you don't make a cappuccino right now, dude. But I could. It, it is I 9 o'clock at night. Don't make a cappuccino. <laughs> You'll never sleep. That's just going to make you feel worse. What are we doing here? If you drink cappuccino and then take melatonin, it does not. That. That's not how that works. Stop. No, that's is. not how that works. It is how it works. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Is that like the same thing Cap as doing heroin and meth to find an equilibrium? Like, I'm too Again, high. Also, heroin. not how that works. The, the, I will say low. with caffeine meth. and melatonin, <laughs> the dosage of caffeine is much higher and stronger than the dosage of melatonin. So it well, doesn't. No, that just out. depends how many melatonin you take. Okay, how many melatonin were you planning to take, Cody? Like fifty. <laughs> the rest <laughs> the rest oh my god did i yeah, did so i tell you cody's about... the first person to ever overdose on melatonin <laughs> did i tell you about when i was in colorado and i couldn't sleep and i wanted <laughs> melatonin and i took all of eric and diana's kids melatonin that they had for talia how much did you take well it's kid dosage so each gummy was like a half a milligram so i was like handful <laughs> <laughs> you, you took all of the melatonin left yeah. for a four-year-old. For a four-year-old, yeah. She could have her own uh, melatonin because you took it all. I, I ate a bunch of it. I slept I bet really they, good I bet now. they were pretty mad at you. I don't think they were that mad. 
<laughs> I would be. It's like, dude, that's for my kid. Well, ask Diana next time you see her, how mad were you when Cody ate all of your kids' I, melatonin? I could literally, literally just text her right now. Uh, okay, so some notes on this chapter. This is really... This, I feel like, should have been part of my last chapter. It's kind of rounding out that scene, sort of, you know? So it's it's odd in its placement. It's from Leonard's perspective. I, it, Within the larger structure of my story, I don't know if this is exactly where it should go. It feels a little bit clumsy that it's just like, boom, now Leonard's perspective here at the same place. It doesn't matter. Anyways, so what did he give you that perspective? So this is like they've been traveling to the forest for a while to find hell. Leonard is alone. That's what the setting of this is. Leonard is alone. That's that's all sad. Yeah. He's old. What do you want? The night drug out, and I knew I was not going to sleep. Normally, I would not have any problem after so many years of facing danger. The idea of once again walking into some kind of hell was not really anything new. Heck, this was not even the most hurt I'd ever been before a showdown. So what was wrong tonight? Why couldn't I sleep? Age makes us all prophets. We start to be able to see the future. It gets boring after a time. I knew right now Liv and Nick were circling each other, playing coy or whatever those kids were doing. I did not much care. Nick was the wrong kind of monster for Liv, and Liv would find that out in her own time. I know I cannot tell her nothing. It makes me kind of sad to realize that I'm ineffective. That, the world has moved on without me. Shoot. It's the... Shoot, it's this place that keeps dragging all these thoughts up, though. After a few hours, I give up. I sit up in my worn old tent. Canvas long since turned to a mottled, or the tan canvas long since turned to a mottled grayish brown. The threadbare cot starts to feel like a coffin. There's a little gas lamp spitting out dirty, oily light, casting my tent in sharp shadows with an acrid odor. I pick up a canteen, blow out my light, and walk outside. Our little campfire is nothing more than a few glowing embers at this point. The demon has long since fallen asleep and been slowly buried in snow. I take a drag on my canteen and shuffle through the deep white powder to find an armful of dead branches to feed our dying fire. The snow was blown and banked up around the bushes and trees. Makes me feel like we're in an icy pit. Everything sounded muffled. I start to feel claustrophobic, my heart racing, and I stagger. Then I look up. I see the total darkness of the night sky above me. And that darkness takes on its own light. The more you look, those exp- mm. the more you look, the more stars you find. Even in the narrow port through the boughs of the trees, you can find an entire expanse in those few stars. You can feel my muscles relax and the tension melt out of me. The night sky might be the first thing that ever made me feel a sense of wonder and sublime smallness. Realizing my place in the void is peaceful. I walk back to our little fire and begins stuffing brand and begins stuffing the branches in the embers. The fire sparks and puffs, and new flames create a warm, dancing light. I dig out my coffee pot. I dig the coffee pot out of my tent and place it on a stone near the fire and pack it full of snow. As the fire dances around, I see a man in suspenders with a shoulder holster strapped over his dress shirt. His dress shoes still just completely wrong, still as completely wrong as they have ever been. How have you been, killer? Care. Oh boy, Leonard's voice is gonna be hard. You know what? I'm just doing sets. I'm just doing sets. I can't. I can't. I legitimately cannot do Leonard's voice. It'll be. It'll just be voice crack. <laughs> so that last line was Kirby. Sorry, Kirby. I did have to wonder if you were going to show up here," said Leonard. I hope I'm not unwelcome. I know we parted on bad terms, but after all these years, I would like to at least think we're kind of friends. Says the spectral image of Kirby. 
friends not a chance you are still a soulless killer immune to wonder or beauty only interested in gathering trophy kills and power i might like you better now that you're some kind of odd forest spirit but we're not friends said leonard that's a little ironic i seem to remember being the one that was shot says kirby i only kill things that deserve it besides it did not seem to slow you down any did it true true said kirby he fell silent he was sitting hunched forward. I could see the grip of his old Mauser under his one armpit. He looked just the same he had on the day I shot him. It was a morbid line of inquiry, but I had to wonder if I could kill him again. I stuffed more snow into the coffee pot and nudged it closer to the fire, huddling for warmth. Kirby watched. His altogether implacable face was irritating. Aw, oh, shoot. I'll bite. What are you doing here, old man? I said. You're older than me now, Leonard, Kirby retorted just out with it you're going to what tell me to plug the girl tell me that a demon Mm -hmm. tell that demon to drag her corpse down to hell and in return make my home a safer place right i said kirby chuckled (coughs) (laughs) 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 man this this is what this dude does for this show like i'm just saying like everybody's like oh well everybody me i'm always like oh my god cody but like He's dying over here. He's still on the show, and I'm, I'm proud what of it. What it is, like, we haven't recorded for like three weeks, and I'm like, I gotta yeah. get this chapter out because yeah, I don't it. remember it. Well, now. I'm happy because, like I said, I need to end my story, and if I don't yeah. end it soon, I might yeah. actually jump off my roof with a little trash bag parachute to try to land. Should but I I'll make actually you just end asterisk? up snapping both of my knees. Yeah, right. <laughs> just immediately breaking both of my knees. <laughs> But anyways, what were you gonna so say? So terrible. Oh Never no! Mind. No, say it, please, Cody. Please, please, no, no. Say I was gonna say. say, do I need to make you like have an asterisk, JK, every time you make suicide threats on the show? <laughs> probably. <laughs> that would probably help people not worry about me so much. <laughs> okay, uh, anyways, Kirby fell it. silent. He's implacable. You're older than me now, Leonard. Yeah, just out with. Oh no, no. Yeah, okay. Kirby chuckled and leaned back. No, I was not, but you're clearly thinking about that. No, no, I'm not. You've never been this old, Kirby, but you reach a point where you stop asking about how to survive another day and start asking maybe what your time is worth and what to do with it. Like, how many more cups of coffee can I really drink? I said. Kirby's fi- <clears throat> Sorry. Kirby's World face shot. was- The bad episode. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Kirby's face was visually disgusted. Do you really expect me to indulge in this idea of your romantic last ride into hell? Are you going to die for a cause, Leonard? You know I'm not this romantic. Sneered. Uh, I have to do all of these, like, text-based things now. Yeah, you have Sneered to do what I Kirby. do. Or what most authors do. <laughs> I hate it. Sneered Kirby. Much to my annoyance, considering you have to haunt me, I know you're not a romantic. I wish I was haunted by someone with the barest hint of belief in some kind of larger morality. I said, I have killed gods, Leonard. I'm not about to die for the concept that one might exist. They do. And they are, by and large, wicked creatures hell-bent on dominating all the smaller things, said Kirby. That's not what I'm talking about, you fool. See what I mean? You still cannot see... The potential that there is something more to all of this than just the bare fact that there are monsters. You see the supernatural on a daily basis and still couldn't find it, I said. Find what? What did I never find, asked Kirby. 
an idea or an ideal, something to fight for beyond just yourself or people like you or the people you liked. You woke up every day and struggled and risked your life and ultimately died. Why? What was all of it for? What does it all mean? I said, honestly, Leonard, I did it because I could and few others would have. Mostly, it was all I had left. As soon as you came into town, I was dead, Leonard. Do you know that you were my death sentence? And I hated you for it. Here you are, this young idiot riding on a horse for no reason. Hellfire, I even drove a car. You come into town, this pretend cowboy, just a foolish tough, but you were willing to get your hands dirty and you were not a coward. And someday I knew. I knew right then I would get slow and I would either retire or be retired. Sound familiar, Leonard? It's not my fault you got old, I said. No, it's not your fault. Sorry. No, it's your fault that I was no longer needed. You might have pulled the trigger, but I was but it was just a matter of time. We'd have we would have disagreed eventually and the town would have chosen you or me. You just had the minerals to make that choice yourself, said Kirby. Did you ever consider just bowing out, train me up good, and then retire? It's not like the town would have let you starve. You could have just taken it slow eventually. Did not have to come to death between us, Kirby. I said. Kirby snorted. And then choked out your coffee pots boiling, by the way. Hmm? I popped the top and dumped in some grounds and set it to bubbling away. The smell of coffee seemed alien out here. Far too cozy and homey. Homely? Homey. Homey is the... Homey means cozy. Homey is a nice one. Homely is a bad one. Homely means plain. The fact that those words are so similar really bothers me. What's What's so funny anyways, I said. You said I could have retired, said Kirby. Well... You should have been killed many times over for what you did. But yeah, you could have stepped down instead. I said, well, Leonard, why have you not stepped down? Nick, Rachel, and now Liv, why do you need to be here still? Said Kirby. I I can't just stay behind. I said, yeah, Kirby retorted. Do you know who I killed, by the way? He said, what? Do you know who I killed for the job? Said Kirby. No idea, I replied. Well... He called himself a knight of purity or some such nonsense. He wore an actual shining suit of armor, sword and shield, the whole bit. He was living in this sad little town like some kind of lord. He would lead hunts, basically get the farmers together and go out and use them as bait while he got his rocks off killing anything he could, Kirby said. So how'd you kill him, I asked. It is sleep, Leonard. I might have been cruel, but I didn't just kill those fucking things with no cause. Yeah, you might be better liked, but I took that town from a real maniac, said Kirby. <clears throat> Sorry, this is still Kirby. Gosh, these not having to say these he says are throwing me off. Just just do it, man. You got this. I know. So Liv, Nick, or Rachel, which one do you think it's going to be that's actually going to kill you? Kirby asked. I looked down at my worn old hands. I was sadder than I had been in a long time. I could almost feel the tears welling up in my eyes. I looked up at Kirby. You want some coffee? Sure, said Kirby. I poured cold water into the pot, forcing the grounds to the bottom, and poured out two enameled tin cups full and handed one over. It's hard to realize I'm right, isn't it? Said Kirby. I sniffed and said, all these years you still just don't get it, do you? You were just taking power because (laughs) you were just taking power because you could and because you could justify it because your life had fallen apart and Bolivia was a place you could Be a bully, and they would pick the lesser of two evils. Yeah, and you're no different, said Kirby. Sure I am, Kirby. I know I'm gonna take o- I know that they're gonna take over. But that's a good thing, Kirby. I don't hate them for making me irrelevant. 
This town is theirs. It always has been. Kirby, all of all any of us are is compost. We're all just the rot that grows new life. It's all we've ever been. Really, that's what all of us are for. I look up at the night sky, feeling small again. Bullshit, says Kirby. I did not kill you because we disagreed. I killed you because you refused to see anything more than the most base version, the most simple and the most brutal. But killing you taught me a lesson, Kirby. You taught me what is so what was so beautiful I would dirty myself to defend. Kirby looked up, sipping his coffee. They're just million they're just suns millions of miles away. They don't mean a goddamn thing, Leonard, he said. What kind of spiritual slug are you, Kirby? Even now, you can see you can't see how terrifying and exhilarating all of this is. You know, just yesterday, I thought I saw a dragon, an actual dragon. This world will kill me for sure, but it's going to show me some wonderful things first, I said. So it's kind of like a fade out. So yeah, yeah, I, I got it. Liv kicked me awake. She was wrapped in a blanket and shivering slightly. I chuckled to myself, pretty sure that that was in fact Nick's blanket. She sat down on a log and looked at me. And at the smoldering fire, I jumped to my feet and started adding fuel. I was coated in a fine layer of snow that broke off in delicate sheets. What were you doing out here all night? Asked Liv. Oh, just having coffee with an old friend, I said. She grinned and started dusting me off. Just talking to the trees, old man, she asked. Something like that, I said. I walked around the fire and picked up Kirby's empty mug. Beside it was his old worn bowler hat. Picking both up, I knocked the snow off of the hat and plopped it on Liv's head. Are you giving me a hat to cover up my very obvious sex hair? She asked. Liv, gosh darn it, could you not be so inappropriate for one moment? She smiled impishly. Don't worry, Leonard. I just have aggressive hand-holding hair. Demons are known for holding hands hard, Leonard. They are, actually. Can't can confirm. She really was a demon. She just could not help herself. There was a loud dog yawn, and I looked over and saw a tent that had been mostly buried in snow, bouncing around, and a massive dog came bounding out, followed by an annoyed-looking Rachel. She stretched and shuffled through the blanket of snow towards us. God, I hate sleeping outside. Make me coffee, Leonard. She blinked and yawned, and Bruce tossed and rolled in the snow, bumping into us. She finally focused on Liv, Liv wearing Kirby's old hat. Are you wearing that hat to cover really bad sex hair? that's the end of my chapter so i'm gonna say first and foremost i do not look forward to editing this episode because the sniffles the mouth noises and the constant grunts um that's gonna suck that's gonna suck quite a bit thanks for calling me out it makes me feel better no yeah that's you you make me feel awful all the time don't try to play the victim (laughs) here um you're so mean to me Second, I, you have like three more chapters me, to go. Jordan. I could I could already tell you have like three more chapters to go. Um, third, yeah, I think three. Yeah, yeah, no. Um, third, I liked three it. I like this whole thing that you did between him and Kirby. You mentioned last time we did an episode, leaving that part out because blah 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 blah. Um, glad you put it in there. Glad that we had well, a moment to have Leonard's final thoughts and that you expanded upon it rather than just like having him say a couple cutesy things and move on. I, I, I liked what you did with them. So originally, this was just going to be part of the last chapter. Yeah. And that would and have been like, like way pages, too yeah. long. Yeah, 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 yeah. But then you like, also started like, oh, writing. I don't even want to do it. I'm like, no, I'll do it. So like usually when I write a chapter, I know what I want to be in that chapter. Like I don't have like a really detailed outline, but I have like a framework. And then sometimes what happens is I start writing it and something takes a lot longer or I get like something else interesting grabs me and I start writing that instead. 
And then there's like these parts that are kind of like left as these weird dangling bits. And this was one of them. But I thought it was important to kind of like, I don't know, maybe restate this sort of idea that like Leonard realizes that this job is morally dubious, but there's, there is an ideal that he is defending. There's a reason why he's willing to like, there's something that he's trying to create, you know, and that he believes in beyond just monsters have to be killed. That's more than that, you know? Yeah. Monsters really have to be killed. <laughs> oh, oh, more than even that. Ooh, did not know. But yeah, no, I, I, I liked what you did. I, I don't know. Like I said, there's like very few like negative comments that I have about it. Um, yeah, just I like your character building. I like that. Like, I feel like because we set a um, page limit, well, sorry, chapter limit on our last story series, that there were things that were a little bit rushed with your characters, especially like like you didn't necessarily have like, and I'm talking about our last story, not this story, the um, hotel one. Well, bed oh and yeah, 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 yeah. The, yeah. the bed and breakfast one, where like you even said like you had plans for like the Milo character, but you didn't get that because you didn't have time to really develop that. Yeah, that, we had a chapter limit on that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we had a chapter limit, like I felt like there were areas that you could have really expanded on, but like we didn't have time because we set a limit for ourselves. And I, I think that now that we don't really have that and have the chance to like push this like whatever stories and ideas we have we can kind of expand way more than we did i think we both have done that but i I do like i do like when you're not rushed you do take time to kind of like have these conversations you you come from a very philosophical background and um i will say like your way of thought sometimes so i appreciate when you have the time to take take the time to have your characters kind of experience those sort of philosophical ideas i i um i not saying that right but no i mean uh, like i don't think i'm a good writer in that there is a craft to writing that i don't believe that i'm excellent at i don't think that's self-deprecating i think you have to write a lot to get good this is me trying to write but i think you're doing a good job with any of these stories usually there is some kind of theme some kind of idea that i'm going for and like the theme and idea that I'm going for within this story is similar to one that I'm going for in an RPG that I'm writing right now. But in this case, specifically what it is, is this understanding that awe and wonder are hand in hand with fear and insignificance. Like thinking something is awesome, like that it inspires awe is something that you might desire, but is scary. Like things that are awe inspiring make you feel small and insignificant. And that feeling of the expansiveness of what is in front of you or the strength, the power, the whatever is something that I think is valuable or it may be desirable or edifying to a person. (coughs) Or maybe it's just something that I look for that I find compelling is when you feel or see these grander things. Um, And so the idea is that, yeah, like Leonard is a person that believes very strongly in that. And it's why he defends Bolivia so much is that occasionally he sees things there that he finds to be not necessarily beautiful and that they're aesthetic, but astounding and awe-inspiring. 
And that even at the expense of human flourishing, that's something he values more. Something is something worth fighting for, even if that person you're fighting is, um, you know, your old partner that you kind of shot dead. Oops. Well, and it also is not necessarily like I think that he would I think he would gladly let people die to keep a dragon alive. There's a limit. (laughs) There's a point. But not but it's not. It's like, no, there is a value to this beyond the banal, and that's worth striving for. Like, that what I mean, morality is... philosophical that I am, and it's interesting. Sometimes when there's a giant, like, monster wolf, you do have to just shoot it in the head a couple of times. Well, see, you know, but again, you, you gotta ask yourself, is there one of those? How many people are there? Is that, does that kind of make that thing more valuable? Yeah, sometimes is a monster it, wolf in my story is just a monster wolf that needs to get shot in the head a couple times. <laughs> is it not hubris to think that we deserve more, deserve to live more than that thing? Nah, sometimes you gotta blast it away, dude, and reload and blast it away again. <laughs> it's, an, it's an interesting question to me. Yeah, it, it is. It's just, I think that there's sometimes when the answer of that matters, your story, is sometimes when the answer of that doesn't matter, my story. <laughs> Where it's like, oh, this thing could possibly kill a bunch of people. Guess we got to shoot into the head a couple of times. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I, I get, all jokes aside, I do get what you're saying. Well, maybe look at it this way. Um, this is, uh, it was an interesting question that uh, one of my friends asked. I cannot remember the context in which this was brought up, but I mean, you can just say the Let, name. You don't have to just say one of your friends. I don't remember who it was, honestly. Wow. I think it was Caitlin, but I actually I'm not positive that it wasn't Caitlin, Diana. You should feel offended. I know you're not listening to this, but you should feel offended. <laughs> I think it was talking about the concept of putting like a colony on an alien planet, like let's say colonizing Mars. And I think it was Caitlin brought up this idea that it's like, is that right to destroy what's there? Like, does does it being there and untouched not have some inherent value that like, should we really be putting things on Mars? Like Mars right now is untouched. That is kind of unique to Mars, you know, and us being there would change that. And I'm like, ah, you know, you do have that thing of like, I want there to be a place where no human is step. I don't, I think I'm gonna I think say that something has a value. that's probably gonna make you bad because I am being kind of dickish here. Um, not very unique to Mars because there's also a bunch of other planets that are untouched. Well, there's a bunch of other planets that humans can't touch, like because some of them are literally like non-corporeal. <laughs> They're like ghosts. Not Neptune, baby. <laughs> maybe it was actually Neptune. I want to say it wasn't Mars, but um, this point still lies that there's more than just Mars, baby. <laughs> No, but it's a question you have Uranus. to ask is like, is there is there a value to this thing that isn't us, that yeah. isn't for us, that is its own place? I don't know. I, I find that fascinating. Okay, let's just do the plugs and then end the show because we've gone on way too long. Wandering Gamer Podcast. No, wait, what? Wandering. Oh, my gosh. Okay, show's over. <laughs> Thanks, Wandering everybody, for gamers. <laughs> Wandering Gamer Network uh, podcast and Wandering Underscore Gamers on Twitch. You can check me out at Something I Guess Zero Zero and my other podcast side characters where we talk about diversity and nerd culture. Thank you for listening. We will catch you all on the flip side. Bye.